This episode is brought to you by AdCentricity, leaders in location-based digital media management. Visit them at www.adcentricity.com. It is time for this week in location-based marketing. On today's episode, point files for bankruptcy protection. Amazon buys this great little company called up next. Nokia gets out of mobile payments when it seems like everybody and their mother is getting into them. Plus, news from Google and IBM. Our special guest, David Perez of AdCentricity, our new sponsor. And can retailers really, really, really get rid of the discount? Yep. Big show coming up right now. This is episode number 85 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv. I'm in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, but joining me always, well, maybe not always from Toronto, but always on this show for 85 consecutive episodes, Mr. Asif Khan from... Two weeks in a row, though, in Toronto. Wow. Here we go. Two weeks, I know. Two weeks in a row from Toronto is, uh, is an all-time record. There you go. Anyhow, Asif Khan from the uh, Location-Based Marketing Association. Always uh, happy to do this with you, Rob. Oh, I love doing this show. It is a staple on our Sunday night. It uh, it means that I race through dinner, but it's well worth it. And today uh, is uh, July 8th. We are a week out from Canada Day, a week out from uh, the holiday season, and uh, I am uh, just off of a river. What a great, great, great week it's been. And um, yeah, big news all around all around. Is there anything that you are doing? You were away last week, Asif. A little bit? Just a yeah, just a just a short little short little jaunt in, into Dallas. Uh, had some great great meetings there uh, with uh, guys like Seven Eleven and uh, and a few others. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it's um, th- there's everybody's on top of this stuff. Location based marketing is hot. Uh, everybody's trying to figure it out. So. Uh, yeah, there's there's no stop. Although I am going on vacation for a couple of weeks, uh, starting uh, this coming Saturday. So come on, I will be doing this from the road again. So there you go. Nice. Well, I think last time wasn't it? We did it from a like a golf club or something like that. Was it North Carolina that well, year? Same same spot. We go to the same spot every year. So nice. it'll be there again. Well, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, it's a good sign, Asif, when I know where you're going on vacation. There you go. Oh wow! This was a this was a tough week, right, for a Canadian company in uh, in Point. And uh, this is our this is our top story. Obviously, we um, we definitely uh, we know this company. Everybody knows this company very well. Uh, you know, for those that don't, to see if we'll talk about this is a, a Canadian company, Point, filing for bankruptcy protection. Business as usual, but filing for bankruptcy protection. Let's start off with what Point is, what they do. A Seif, they're a Canadian company, man. Canadian company based in Calgary, uh, originally, you know, one of the very first location-based uh, apps for the BlackBerry platform, now works on, on all platforms. Um, you know, so this is about sort of location-based mobile search, find stuff around you, uh, social discovery, you know, one, you know, one of those, one of the first platforms. So they've been at it for a while, they've got some good patents, um, but, uh, you know, um, there's only so much you can do when you run out of money. And uh, and, that, and that's the scenario that they're in right now. So they, uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess we're trying to uh, close on a private placement deal. And they've reduced the amount that they were looking for from uh, seven million down to six million. Um, it looks like that that private placement didn't come through. They had um, one point five million they owed to a company called uh, Entertainment, 
uh, Media, which is based here in Toronto. They own a, a company called Ortsbo, uh, which is a language translation uh, platform that they had licensed. Um, and so they weren't able to make that payment. Uh, David Lukacs, uh, who's the founder of that company, uh, was on the board of Point. He resigns as a result of this. I mean, th it sounds like th it's a mess. And, and I think the sad thing is, is that you know this is a great Canadian company, um, you know, doing lots of stuff to, to push the location boundaries in Canada. Um, you know, originally based, as I said, on on that Rim platform. Who knows if how much of this is tied to, you know, the the problems that Rim's having themselves right now. So. Yeah, you know, you, you hit your boat to something, and and uh, but I mean, they're across platform, they're across every platform. But, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And these guys have 17 million users. They're they're bringing in 20 to 25 thousand new users a day. Um, now, th these are these are big numbers, especially when you when you start to think about, uh, um, you know, some of the other players in this space. Uh, like, uh, you know, yep. Foursquare is only 20 22 million people at this point. So. Uh, I, I wonder. Obviously, deep pockets. There's always been a knock against Canadian companies is the fact that they're we're okay for round A when we need to compete in the in the global uh, landscape. We don't have anybody to do any follow-on funding, and maybe this is an instance of that, or maybe you know uh, maybe this is a, a cautionary tale that not everything is monetizable in the mobile space or the location space. Right? Like it seemed like these guys were doing everything right. They were they had a, an agreement with Yellow Pages to be able to bring in their listings. Yeah, uh, million and a half listings in, in Canada. So this is this is one of those things that they've. I think they've done everything right. So what happened? <clears throat> yeah, but but here's the thing, right? Like they've got all these. They've got good deals in terms of bringing uh, relevant content uh, to the users from Yellow Pages, from Ortsbo, you know, all this stuff. But you know that that's cash out. They're paying for that stuff, right? Right? You know, they're licensing the that. Yeah. You know, what's the revenue model on the other side? Uh, and I think you, you're right. I think that's the challenge. The other thing that, for me, you know, as a follower point, and I love these guys. I think I think they're you know great people uh, that they've got on this team. Good you know good solid uh, app uh, platform, cross platform, as you say. You know, but it's one of those things where if I were to contrast point to others like Foursquare, or or even guys like Scavenger. Um, right. You know, and maybe that's a better a better example for the point I want to make is the one thing I saw with Point was you know trying to expand all over the map, all over the globe, um, without you know sort of coming you know proving the revenue model here or or in North America. Um, you know, so these guys were you know they're in India, they're in you know Europe, they're in Australia, they're all over the place, um, and. You know, I don't know what the revenue model was there, but but you know, certainly, um, you know, I never really saw a solid revenue model here. Technology platform is one of the best I've I've seen in terms of you know bringing lots of features and functionality t together in one place from a location and mobile search uh, and, and discovery perspective. One of the best I've yep. seen. Yep. Um, you know, and as 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 we alluded to, sort of li you know those licensing deals. Um, so, so this is sad. I, I hope they can reorganize. I hope they can, uh, you know, you know, come out of bankruptcy. You know, better uh, enabled to move forward and continue to grow that base. Because, but find a revenue model. Yeah, and maybe this will help them get out of those deals, those long-term deals that they may have signed in order to be able to do this. But I mean, I sat down with Andrew Osis, um, yeah. who's the CEO. This was um, July of last year, so one year ago. And it, yeah, you know, they they have seventy million monthly local searches a year ago. Um, and that's it's just a staggering number, and um, you know maybe I, I agree with you. 
You know, I, I was talking with a guy today, actually it was on the river, and we were talking about it today, about um, a company that he is a part of that is launching on multiple platforms. They've gone in development for over a year. Um, they've got, you know, they're launching on every platform at, at, at one time. And I thought, you know, this, this maybe you're right. Maybe this is it. It's too big all at once. Um, yeah. You know, my goal and everything is always um, is build incrementally, make money off of that almost as quickly as you possibly can. So, you know, yeah, I'm not saying there's no revenue, right? No. I mean, these guys, you know, did have revenue coming in. I'm just saying, you know, I'm like you. I'm I'm much more. You know, let's let's get this thing nailed in one market. Yeah. Let's you know, let's 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 have it be solid and let's repl start to replicate that. Yeah. And I, you know, my one thing that you know, for, as an outsider, is is you know, I just saw these guys going into so many markets so you know so fast. It's hard to do. Uh, it's hard to do. It's hard. To, it's hard to do, and it's expensive in a lot of cases, yeah. right? Well, you know, my my uh, our hopes are with these guys that they that they. I mean, as Andrew said in the statement, basically it is a uh, all th you know everything is uh, still going ahead. They are uh, you know honoring the relationships. Obviously, this is just a um, you know a cash issue, and and uh, which is you know cash is king in small businesses. But they're forging ahead. We hope that they emerge from this a little bit stronger, a little bit wiser, and uh, and really uh, on solid foundation. So good luck with those guys. Next thirty days are tough. Tough, tough, tough when it, when it talks about going into uh, bankruptcy protection. So, point, going into bankruptcy protection. What do we, what do we talk about? Uh, you know, it's a, a pretty unique story here for our second story, which is a company called uh, Graffiti. Yeah, I don't even, I'm probably not pronouncing that properly, um, but they're working. Uh, you know, this is pretty cool. It was almost like it was maybe last week, mid last week, I was talking to a guy here in Ottawa whose company is working with the, uh, the Ottawa Police Department. And uh, the RCMP to do almost the exact same thing as this, and then you come up with this story. This is graffiti working with the Finnish police. This is pretty cool. Yeah, the police um, <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, yeah. So this is this, this is a, a cool little story. So uh, graffiti uh, is a uh, is a public safety uh, app um, that uh, the police are, are doing some beta testing with in Finland, um, and this is. About users basically uh, updating their status with images, text, um, you know, alerting police in real time to things that they're seeing around them. So, you know, sort of, you know, using the location-based uh, tools, you know, sending information in in real time that you know the police can leverage um, to you know take action on. And so it's it's kind of a you know very cool sort of public citizen uh, application. I like it. Um, isn't that what 911 is for or something like that? Or, or actually like, like the phone, like hey, police, police, police. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 you know, now c couple that with location data, images, yeah. you know, text, all that other stuff. Right. You know, you know, other than picking up the phone and dialing, it, it doesn't replace in, in Finland. Apparently it's one, one, two that you dial. Um, but, uh, it's, so it's not a replacement for that. It's, it's in addition to, um, and so the police are monitoring this thing uh, all the time, um, and it, it, it plots uh, any any uh, any messages that are coming in through the system onto an interactive map uh, that they can they can see and react to. So, kind of cool. Yeah, you know, anytime uh, anytime companies or organizations uh, leverage this stuff, I think that uh, that it's good. Um, you know, usually what happens is it's a transition from, you know, from a company that doesn't use social or anything along these lines or mobile or location. They start with Twitter and they move into this, uh, you know, gradually into this. And and uh, we it would behoove us for North American uh, police departments, uh, emergency response units, all these guys who are monitoring or should be monitoring the Twitter sphere for and all these social networks and location for information about these things. Um, 
should should look to our European counterparts to be able to see what these guys are doing because as you know we, we talk about this all the time they skipped the big screen they skipped desktop internet and they went right to mobile and uh, and yeah. location and, and the lessons that we're learning over there are pretty amazing and I think that the riots in Vancouver really shifted it for Canadians anyways because a lot of people I mean there was closed circuit television that uh, captured a lot of people who were uh, vandalizing and terrorizing people but uh, a lot of it came from uh, people's cell phones and uh, you know the Twitter sphere and people monitoring Twitter and um, and Facebook for people who admitted their guilt and uh, you know it's just kind of crazy and based on your location with your phone this this really does change the paradigm on this and I'm I'm pretty excited about this yeah I think it's neat. I, I think every uh, you know police uh, service uh, any emergency response group should be looking at this kind of stuff. I mean, I think it just makes sense to add a layer on top of what what you already have yeah. in terms of information gathering. Totally agree. So that's it. Graf it's Grafty. Graffiti. I, th I think it's Grafty. Grafty. I'm not, you know. Yeah. So they're working with the Finnish police. Very cool. Yeah, and it, and it's Android and iOS. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you can actually use it on your uh, browser as well. You can just drag it, uh, as you see there on the That's screen. Right. It just, it's just it got this little drag up at the top corner, which is covered by our little great logo. Um, but you can drag it to your bookmark and um, bookmark things right on the web. That's very cool. I love this little innovative uh, piece of technology where there's no revenue requirements for the police, guys, the, the police force. It's just about um, doing social good. Our third story, it's like it's a head-scratcher. Um, you know, uh, Google I.O. was obviously about 10 days ago. They announced a whole bunch of announcements. One of those things was uh, this thing called Save to Wallet function, which I'll let you explain. Yeah, so this is an attempt by Google to sort of, you know, bridge the worlds of online shopping uh, or online, you know, sort of browsing of, of products that you'd like to buy. Uh, with, with the real world of physical retail where you can actually buy those products. And so the idea is, is you know, you're surfing the web, uh, you know, an online store or, you know, on a site where you, you, you know, looking at a product catalog, you see something uh, and you can save that to your Google wallet. Um, um, and then basically when you're in the store, you can, you know, redeem that thing or, you know, if there's an offer on it or those kinds of things connected to that. And so it's that, it's that, you know, sort of bridge between, you know, and we know we know that when people are shopping, um, depending on the item, but electronics in particular, you know, those kinds of things, you know, we tend to do a lot of the research online before we go to the store. So in that sense, I, I see some value in this kind of thinking, you know, that sort of that, you know, bridge between the online world and, and the physical retail world. Yeah. I uh, definitely definitely see the bridge there. I see that this is something that, uh, you know, it's like Save to Foursquare, which is uh, another feature that is part of mm -hmm. Foursquare, but not really integrated i think it's a very key piece um it's an underutilized and undermarketed part of foursquare i would say 100 percent and uh and, and you know there's many many opportunities for that where you see listen it's it's about uh it's about reminding you through radar when when you arrive in a city of a restaurant maybe that you wanted to go to that you've saved to foursquare from a magazine or a newspaper or review or something to that extent this is one of those things that you know what I, I understand, you know, 90% of retail is still done, 95% of retail is still done in the stores, purchases are done in the stores, um, but that trend is, uh, is, is changing, and I've gone through that research process, I don't need to be reminded oftentimes when I'm in Best Buy what I need to get, I, yeah. and uh, certainly, um, th this is one of those things, I think it's necessary, a part of wallets, but, but uh, you know, 
uh, it's not worth an announcement, and it's certainly not a big feature that is, um, you know, there's a killer feature for for the wallet function. No, no, not at all. No. So, so this is, it, and from the from the merchant's perspective, the online merchant's perspective. So, they, you know, this is a little piece of JavaScript that they've released that you embed into yeah. your website, and it, you know, creates this save the wallet button uh, effectively. So, yeah, pretty cool. simple stuff. Uh, we'll see whether uh, anybody actually uses it. But anyhow. I think you you throw as much as you can into this, and then what ends up sticking Ooh. is what what ends up sticking. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I could be wrong. Anybody out there using it, reach out on tethergmail.com or seif at thelbma.com. Please, 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 please let us know. All right. Fourth story. Um, you, I, you know, I was mixed about this one because it's like it's big blue and it's groceries and it's augmented reality and it's groceries and. Uh, so Big Blue, IBM launching an augmented uh, augmented reality app for uh, for groceries, and I thought, uh, you know, this this is intriguing. Tommy Ahonen, our good friend Tommy Ahonen, the soothsayer, the mobile prophet in Europe, talks about uh, augmented reality as the eighth mm -hmm. mass media. He is so optimistic about the future of augmented reality, and here's a perfect example of something that that is, uh, you know, IBM taking a stab at this with uh, with their grocery app. Yeah, you know, this is. I'm also a big fan of augmented reality. I think it, it's got a, uh, a lot of potential, uh, and I think it's. It, you know, a lot of brands, a lot of retailers are starting to play around with this stuff. So, you know, I, I think it's a good move for IBM to kind of go into this space. Um, you know, obviously, this is at least oriented towards grocery. You know, I think it could be expanded beyond just grocery. But I, I see what they're trying to do. So effectively, what this is is a augmented reality. It's a mobile app um, that you know, as you're walking around a grocery store and you're kind of going down those aisles and looking at the shelves, um, you can basically hold up your phone. It recognizes the products uh, on those shelves and then provides you with tips, recommendations, coupons, all that kind of stuff, based on you know what it's seeing through the augmented reality browser. So. Kind of cool, actually. Um, you know, a slightly different implementation from a lot of the other augmented reality things that we've seen. Um, but you yeah, know. You, you know, one of the things that re I really liked about this was that um, uh, we talked about this with Doug. Uh, Doug Stevens actually talked about this for retail profit on uh, at Untether Talks, which was that perfect experience where you walk into a store and uh, the apps download automatically to your phone, yeah. you know, with approval, obviously. So you walk into a store, it's, uh, you know, there's a perimeter set around it. You walk into that perimeter, it's basically geofenced, and uh, and it downloads an app automatically, and that's what they're talking about with this. And I, I think that this is a pretty cool piece of technology when, when you when you, you make it just in time. You've talked about that as well, Asif. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, th I think it's – so, you know, the augmented reality piece of this in terms of it, it it's recognizing something and then providing a layer of visual – data on top of that that in itself isn't so unique no. anymore I, I, but but I, I applaud them for doing it I mean IBM's a big player in the retail world so you know bringing this to their existing customer base makes sense to me um, you know and we you know um, I, I don't know if it was Doug or Amber one of the other speakers talked about stick to which we've talked about on this show before as well which effectively does the same thing I mean I can take any product I can you know you know basically put a virtual sticky note of information layered on top of that that's that's okay. What I think is even is more interesting about the IBM uh, app here is is the combinations between the augmented reality piece and all the data that they're correlating around that. So they they talk about okay, 
you can see the ingredients and price and get coupons and all that kind of stuff. But then they, they, they integrate with other stuff. So if, if a friend of yours has reviewed this product uh, and that review is up on Facebook or somewhere else, you know, they'll flag that information and, 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 and pull that out to you. Um, you can also tell the app, it says, that you want a cereal brand that's low in sugar, highly rated by consumers and on sale right now. And it'll come back uh, and show you where on the shelf that is. Yeah. So that information, I think, is different than just I hold up my augmented reality app and I see some stuff there. This, th this app, supposedly, is actually telling me where to look on the shelf for the stuff I want. Yeah, that that's that's the cool part. But but you, you know what? I, I still um, you know call me a a non traditionalist here. Um, but uh, we're taking a brand new technology or a, a new kind kind of technology, with, which is augmented reality, and throwing it on top of a layer that is broken, which is the retail industry is as it stands today. The shelving, the whole process, right, is is mm -hmm. uh, is is bound to change in a, in a in a in a moment's notice. We're not going to get rid of supermarkets, but that that whole process of shopping is going to change quite considerably. And um, I, do you really see people walking down the down the corridors with their phones held up like this? Is that uh, you know? I, I think that that's that's the thing. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, do you see them wearing but, in the Google glasses? Maybe at some point. Uh, yeah, I do see that. But 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 here's the thing. I, I think big companies have to throw this stuff out there to get big brands to listen. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the more that happens, uh, I, I think the more likely it is that you know the consumers get to the point where Google Glasses and things like that become, you know, possible on a mass scale. Yeah, I, you know, I I, I I like the innovation. I like the the fact that they're putting yeah. their names behind it, and I'm glad I'm glad the fact I'm glad that IBM is is dabbling in this, and. Um, I, you know, I, I think that it's uh, augmented reality is just a technology that's still looking for that perfect place, and uh, this this is one of it. You know, I've interviewed many companies on Untethered.tv that talk about that. You know, nutrition companies that focus on uh, on the label and deciphering the label and making sure that you know your uh, grocery bin is filled with food that you can actually eat, and it does it in a, in a way that doesn't require the the end uh, the consumer to actually hold it up and find it find a product that way. It's like even Whirly at Chaotic Moon. Labs is talking about this self-scanning checkout uh, um, uh, cart, and basically, when you put it in the cart, it scans it based on your dietary needs and warns you if that is sure. something that. Now that is useful, right? Because because mm -hmm. it's passive. It's something that the consumer can understand. I put the yeah. I put this cereal in there, and it says, "Look, you've you've set a parameter that it can't be higher than 10 grams of sugar per serving. This is 13. It's high in sodium, which you know you can't and have." It. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so but I, I like okay. that IBM's playing in this. So we've probably beaten this to death. IBM, AR app for groceries. All right, let's let's kill the last story here. We got uh, this is a story about uh, Gecko Landmarks. Let's talk about this, Asif. Yeah, this is a company I wasn't familiar with until I kind of started to dig into them. They just raised um, a little bit of money mid June, like a million bucks. Yeah, they raised a little bit of money. Um, you know, it's a location-based service company. Um, and, and really what these guys are trying to talk about is the difference between POIs or points of interest and what, and what they're defining as landmarks. And so they're trying to make this argument and they've kind of come up with this whole thesis around you know, different uh, forms of, of location identifying data, I guess, might be the best way to put it. Um, and so when you think about a point of interest in, in the sense of how every mapping system works today, is based on POIs. Like if you've got any of those, you know, GPS devices in your car, 
Garmin or TomTom Tom or any of that kind of stuff, you'll know that you know you can always punch in this point of interest thing, and and you know it'll it'll pull up a bunch of stuff. Well, these guys are saying, well, that's not the most accurate way necessarily to be to be identifying locations. You know, landmarks is is a is a different way to do it. So they're saying, you know, it's it's much it's much easier for people to understand. We know where the CN Tower is in Toronto, or we know where the Eiffel Tower is, or we know where Central Park is, or we know where these things are. You know, and let, let's start to build reference uh, points based on that, um, and then tie a bunch of spatial data, uh, you know, to that. It's an interesting concept. Uh, it, it takes a lot of uh, thinking for me, anyways. You know, as a luddite, to uh, to figure out where they're going. But once I started dug into it, I got it. Um, yeah. And uh, what is it today? We've got uh, you know Grafty, which is a Finnish company. Gecko is a Finnish company. Are you, is this a is this a hint of some sort? Uh, these they're both well, Finnish I'm, companies. You know, I'm just saying the, the, these uh, you know these Scandinavian uh, companies are uh, are doing some good things over there. Well, they are, they are, and and I like that because they, I mean again they challenge the challenge the status quo, the the current thinking. Well, let's, let's put it this way, you know, all these guys who left Nokia have to have to do something now. So oh. yikes! And there are lots of people who left Nokia, and there's also going to be lots yeah. of people who leave RIM at some point. Uh, so maybe there's a, there's hope for RIM. Yeah. Uh, Ex-rim people. Of course, right? there is. The, yeah, especially with the, yeah, yeah. the package. The, the next wave of geckos will come from rim. You think so, eh? Yeah. That's uh, Gecko Landmarks. If you want to look, take a look at them, go to geckolandmarks.com, G-E-C-K-O landmarks.com, Gecko Landmarks. Just... Yeah, please do it. Like, yeah. If you're into you know the pure geo uh, intelligence and mapping Space. This is an interesting, you know, premise or thesis that they put out here. Yeah, and, you know, and they talk about at the end of this document, they talk about the difference between point, waypoint, checkpoint, track point, places of interest, and place. Like they've got all these definitions for these things, which are really interesting. So uh, maybe, uh -huh. maybe it becomes a standard, which would be great. Who knows? And they have an open API that you can pull in their landmark API, uh, landmark data as well. So. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, sure. Gecko, gecko landmarks dot com. We should get them on as a guest. I love to hear about those guys. Those are the five. Those are the five. Point. Grafty. Google Ads. Um, save to wallet function. IBM launches their augmented reality app for groceries and geckos landmarks. What do you think? Did we hit those? If we didn't, well, you should have reached out and told us about some kind of news. Reach out at untetheredgmail.com or Asif at the LBMA.com or just add us on Twitter, follow us, whatever you want to do, follow us up anywhere and just reach out. Drop us a few notes if you want your news item to be in the top five items of the week. Well, now it is time for our special guest. Now, this is a very, like, this is a super, super special guest, isn't it, Asif? Sure. Well, I mean, because, uh, David uh, David Perez, who is the chief marketing officer for AdCentricity, is is who this this uh, interview is with. We're just going to go into a little bit of detail about what AdCentricity is, and you know his thoughts on a little bit forward thinking thoughts on on where the market is going. Um, but they also came on as a sponsor. God, they did, God, we're, and we're very happy about that. God love them. Yes, we love sponsors. Well, we yeah we, we love sponsors. We love the ability to actually uh, generate a little bit of revenue, which would be which would be very helpful, especially if we want to keep the show on on, on the air. Um, 
you know, the, uh, the bandwidth costs, you know, the talent costs. It's very difficult, right? Yeah. I certainly, I, you know, I, my rider is so long that it just, you know what? We, we, need, we need like 40 somebody's sponsors. Somebody's got to pay for all those green M&Ms. Yes, exactly. Somebody's, yeah. somebody's got to pay for, you know, pay for the uh, Springsteen to be piping in through. Wait a second. My family pays for that already. Yeah. They pay <laughs> over and over again. Well, I sat down with David Perez. He's in Toronto in August, Rob. He is, I August 24th. There you go. Got my ticket. Got my ticket. I was just I was just reading my favorite book of all time. Book book called For You. It's about the nice. darkness on the edge of town tour. I could give you I could I could do a reading if you'd want um, of this book. It was actually done by a fan. Do that for episode eighty six. Yes, I will. Uh, I sat down with David Perez, uh, who is the chief marketing officer, as I said, for AdCentricity, to talk about his company, the company, uh, and where they think this is this industry is going and why they should be in the middle of it. We want you to support them. Please go to AdCentricity.com. But here is David. We'll catch you on the flip side of this interview. We are here with David Perez, who is the chief marketing officer at AdCentricity uh, in Toronto. David, welcome. Thank you for coming on and being our guest. All right, let's begin at the very start. What what is ad centricity? First of all, Canadian love the fact, Toronto based, love it. We have a great thriving mobile and location industry, which is wonderful. But what is ad centricity? Ad centricity, Rob, is a location based digital media company that offers marketing solutions that drive shopper engagement based on a person's physical location. We have two main platforms for to meet the advertising industry's needs. One is Ad Central and one is Ad Mobile. Ad Central is a multi-channel location-based digital media management platform that really makes it easier to plan, create, deliver, and measure any type of targeted media or personalized mobile content. Ad Mobile is a customizable location-based mobile shopping platform providing mobile interfaces, shopping tools, location services, content management, analytics and reporting. To go in a little bit more depth in terms of um, our what our platform does, Ad Central really is, a, is the hub of planning activity for media buyers and planners. Within Ad Central, we have three main services, Ad Venue, Ad Target, and Ad Format. Ad Venue is really the workhorse that manages all the inventory of networks and screens across North America, of which there are thousands of screens and hundreds of networks. So what Ad Venue does in real time is matches brands' objective strategy, targeting objectives, um, and, and it'll spit out a, a media plan in a matter of seconds uh, that really helps planners really navigate and, and uh, plan campaigns in this very complex space. What Ad Target does is, is take um, lifestyle information from Nielsen and Veronix and others, and really allows us to um, target pretty precisely uh, by location uh, consumers based on a brand's objectives and strategies. And then what Ad Format does is Ad Format renders the creative. It's a creative solution that actually helps localize messaging. So in other words, an advertiser, uh, say it's a, a large retailer can change the messaging at different locations across the country. So if it's a hardware, big hardware, um, big box retailer, and they want to promote drills in one store and snowblowers in another, they can actually change the, the content and the messaging with it, still with the national campaign theme. 
Let me ask you, let me ask you, David, uh, what is, why is this so important? Retailers are facing very complicated challenges now with, uh, you know, the bricks and mortar being um, uh, cannibalized by online shopping and showrooming. So, you know, having consumers come into the store gives that opportunity to really upsell and cross-sell. And yes, it is, it's all about basket size and, you know, increasing the average transaction as a consumer moves around the store. You know, it's, it's, it's creating the... Um, you know, because 70% of purchase decisions are really made at retail level, there is really an opportunity to influence, uh, you know, a bigger basket size. You know, we find that um, it, using an ArcGate study that was provided um, to us, actually through the LBMA, um, you know, we were, um, it, like, this location-based digital media has been proven effective in, in driving brand recall by 47%. Uh, it increases basket size by 29.5%. So, all in all, I mean, our challenge really is to um, keep promoting that and, and getting that message out to, to brands and advertisers. Uh, have we seen a shift now? It's about, uh, it really is about, not so much about attracting new customers, but holding on to existing and getting them into the stores more often. Is that, is that where we're seeing it shift to? Yes. I mean, yeah, any opportunity to, to, uh, to deepen the brand engagement with your, your core consumers is, uh, is a key strategy these days of, of most retailers. So yeah, driving, driving consumers in, um, having them come in uh, um, frequently, uh, maybe possibly even increasing their number of visits in a day. Uh, for example, you know, Starbucks does a great job at, um, you know, once you come in for your morning coffee, they're trying to, trying to get you to come back in the afternoon for a, a nice latte, for example. So, you know, driving that through location-based and, and offers and deals, proximity, aware, um, can really have an impact on that. Are you finding that uh, that companies or retailers are starting to embrace this, or are they still on the fence about, uh, statistics are great. I mean, you know, we've all seen these great stats around uh, the the, uh, the impact of something like this, but are, are, are retailers, are, are companies starting to embrace this now? Uh, is it a harder, is it still a hard sell, or is it getting easier for you? It's still a bit of a challenge to really get people to to um, uh, siphon off a portion of the traditional media spend and, and put it into this space. Finding that still a, is a is a major challenge, and it's it's the proof of concept, the case studies. Once we can get more metrics in front of uh, everyone, I think it's going to become a lot easier. But right now, I, I can imagine you know the 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 challenge that a lot of these guys have is that they they've. They put a lot of money into all these other challenges or uh, channels that have worked for them in the past, and it's drawn attention uh, to their shop or to their store or to their business. And uh, and you're fighting for dollars that are already being spent elsewhere. So it's 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 kind of a. Do you see a point in time when when the, the dollars being spent in this space are directed dollars that it's not going to you're not going to have to fight for, from uh, from taking it from advertising or display? I I think so. Once again, as soon as we can start proving out some metrics and, and showing some great ROI uh, case studies, um, then I think we're going to have a real, uh, this, you'll, you'll start to see it shift. Uh, certainly the indications in terms of all the predictions is in terms of you know, where the growth is going to come in, in, in this space uh, over the next few years is, is, is pretty astronomical. Like we're predicting $4.5 billion being spent on location-based digital media by 2014. So um, I think it's going to happen, Rob. It's just... It's, it is a it's a little bit slow in, in in development, but there are you know there certainly are some retailers and, and manufacturers that are that are certainly testing their way into this and 
and achieving great results. Because this is very personalized, you know, very almost, it's almost like mass one-on-one -on -one marketing, right? Um, is, uh, is, it a, is that a hurdle for them to get over just simply because it, it's not about hitting a thousand people, having a hundred people come into the store and having 10 people buy? It's like hitting the 10 that are interested in buying right away. Is that a shift in, in the way that they think? And, and is that a stumbling block? You know, intuitively, it, it makes a lot of sense, and that's certainly where everything is headed. Consumers seem to be wanting the more personalized, um, you know, content delivery and, and advertising delivery, and, and certainly that PwC study um, reinforces that. But uh, yeah, it's just a matter again of getting you know, the, getting the, some of the, the case studies, the, the proof, um, and and convincing media buyers and planners to really you know step out of their comfort zone a little bit and and move away from some of the traditional media, the, you know, the television, the print, the online. But you know everything really must work in in conjunction, and um, you know not you can't really attribute you know brand sales and lifts, lift and 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 uh, uh, brand offtake uh, to, to any one thing. It's everything has to work in conjunction along the path to purchase. Really appreciate you uh, coming on board. Where can people find out more information about you guys? We are online at www.adcentricity.com, located in Toronto. I'm and uh, we also have offices in New York and London. We've been speaking with uh, David Perez, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at AdCentricity. Go to AdCentricity.com for more information. Thank you, David. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Rob. Well, we thank David for obviously being a part of uh, the show. We thank David and AdCentricity for sponsoring uh, This Week in Location-Based Marketing. And I implore you, look, do us a favor. Do us a favor by doing them a favor. Go to adcentricity.com um, and let them know in one way, shape, or form that you heard about them through us. In fact, you know what would be the greatest thing ever? It would be, it would, wouldn't this be great? Is if you just, you just went out and uh, tweeted, hey, I heard about at AdCentricity on this week in location-based marketing. Thanks for sponsoring the show. If you guys could do that, man, that would be the greatest thing. If one of you That'd did, be we'd be happy. Yeah, if one of you did, it would be like a you know a mistake. If two of you did, it would be basically momentum. If three of you did, it would be a revolution. And we'd love it if you could do that. So let's see if we can get that done at adcentricity. Adcentricity.com. Thank you, David. Thank you guys for uh, being a part of the show. All right, let's let's get through our funding because uh, there is a lot of stuff in this, and uh, we're like nine hours into the show so far. So, um, funding and uh, a couple of uh, acquisitions and uh, a little bit of funding, um, and a a uh, yeah, a couple of acquisitions. The first one, obviously, is Amazon. I, I I don't know if this is confirmed yet or not, but Amazon has rumored highly, highly, highly um, accurate rumors. I think that uh, Amazon has bought a mapping company up next, which is Danny Moon's company, which he was actually, we did an episode of on Tether.tv a long time ago. Uh, I think it was probably, it was July of 2010. That's how far in advance we're getting these companies. You don't even know that you need to know these companies back then. There you go. And I had the greatest story. Can I tell you the story about Danny and up next? I got a, yeah, let's do it. I got an email from a company uh, from actually, no, from one of their investors, which who shall rename, remain nameless, who said, "Hey, Rob, I just wanted to let you up on, uh, let you in on one thing. I uh, invested in Up Next, Danny Moon's company, because of the interview that I did, that you did with him on OnTether.tv. He was looking at it. He wanted to get a sense of the uh, the profile of the entrepreneur. He wanted to see how he reacted under pressure, 
And he said uh, the long-form interview was a perfect way for him to see the true personality because you can't hide in that kind of interview. And so he put money into Up Next, and then uh, um, hopefully this has been good to him on a return. I've heard I've heard uh, return of up to ten or twelve times the investment. So sweet. So so Danny, when you're done with that, sponsor this podcast. We're ready to go. And you know what? We'll just accept. We'll accept like just Danny Moon sponsorship, sponsored by Danny Moon. Absolutely, we'll take it. So the, I, uh, the big story here is what this really means for for Amazon. Uh, the rumor that they're uh, obviously want to get this into the Kindle Fire, but they're also moving into the uh, I, the uh, uh, smartphone market as well. What do you think? Mm -hmm. You think that's viable? You think that's possible? I think it is possible. So you know, so this is an interesting company, as you said. Uh, Danny Moon is a three D mapping uh, company. Um, the initial talk here is is that you know the Kindle Fire. Which they've had great success with so far, uh, doesn't have any native uh, location services built into it, um, like you know the Apple and the Android devices do. Um, and so uh, up until now, they've you know the only location-based stuff that they've been able to do is is some partnerships with uh, Skyhook around Wi-Fi, uh, you know triangulation and things like that. So, you know, buying a company like this, you know, and rolling that into the Kindle Fire, you know, I think makes sense uh, if, in fact, that's where they're going. Um, yeah, you know, and they've got some, some, some capital coming in, in into the company again. Uh, there's, you know, rumors, as you say, about them launching their own phone. You know, I don't know. I, eBay? This, this somebody Amazon. I know, somebody I know um, said at the beginning of the year, when I said eBay was going to be the big guys, said Amazon was going to be the, the company to watch. Who did, who did, who did, I, I think his name was Rob Woodbridge. I don't, I don't, yeah. Anyways. Yes, I, I'm uh, I'm completely um, optimistic about this. I, you know, I, I don't know if these guys can play in the, in the, uh, in the handheld device market, but why not? They understand retail, and I think that that's the big thing here is that Amazon gets retail. And um, and up next is a very unique, very much like Apple's new um, uh, new mapping software, uh, away from Google. Uh, and I think that it's it's interesting that these guys are waking up to say, listen, why are we building Google's business for them? Why are we building their yep. database for them? It's just it's hampering them in the long term because everybody, like every iOS user who added a location through Google. It was actually added to, to Google's database, not Apple's. Same thing with Amazon. And look what they did. They turned around and started charging them to access that information that they contributed, that their users contributed. So this makes a lot of sense. Go Amazon. Go Amazon. Go Danny Moon. I'm very, I'm so happy. I like it a lot. Yeah. So that's great. I'm ecstatic for Danny. I'm ecstatic for his team. I love this product. And uh, two years ago, I interviewed him on, on, on Tether.tv. Sweet. Wow. All right, second story, Nokia. This is a, just a, a head-scratcher. Nokia is, uh, they announced earlier on uh, this year that they were going to unload all of their mobile payment uh, offerings. And here's here they did. They, they got rid of their mobile payment unit in India, of all places. Um, they sold it. And uh, this is just so that they could focus on what? Their, their telecom practice and their handset manufacturing? Oh. Well, I mean... The problem is, is all the guys that used to run this thing are now building Gecko and uh, and <laughs> other. So yeah, um, no, I don't know. I mean, th this is interesting. So obviously, this is the Indian market. Um, so there's a company called um, Fino. Yeah. Uh, that uh, that has acquired this. Um, so this is a which is a sort of Indian mobile banking company. And so they've acquired this uh, this payment uh, platform from from Nokia. 
Um, I didn't see any terms or any any numbers around this deal. I don't know if you did, Rob. No. Um, but you know, I think the bigger issue is is you know, I think you you hit the nail on the head. Is 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 what what's going on here? I mean, this this is when everybody else is ramping up to mobile payments. You know, everybody's launching a mobile wallet. Everybody's you know moving into this space. You know. What what you know? What's Nokia do, saying here? You know, we're you know we're we can't be a either. They're saying, you know, we're interested in this space, but Indian the Indian market's not for us. So we'll get out of that, or you know, we're we're get we're not in this space, um, and we're going to let others do it. So it just doesn't make this this from that perspective doesn't make sense to me. Well, so here you've got a manufacturer of devices that. Um, that pretty much is dominant in all developing nations, Africa and India, right? So Nokia, they, they make handsets that are affordable. Uh, they are not, um, maybe they're not all feature phones, but they are smart or they are, maybe they're not, they're all feature phones, they're not smartphones. But you're also talking about a population of 1.2 billion people where uh, mm -hmm. there isn't a, uh, it's growing. Um, but there isn't a um, as much of a banking infrastructure as there is in North America, just like Africa, the same thing, that there is a massive uh, population of unbanked. And to get out of this business, which is, I think, the biggest growth opportunity this planet has ever seen in banking, is to actually enable banking for the people who have never had a bank account before or have never been able to transact uh, digitally like this. And for them to get out of this, it's like I, all I hear is Tomia Honan's voice in my head saying, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Elop is the worst mistake that this company has ever seen. And, and decisions like this just blow my mind. Maybe there's some logic behind it, but I'm like you. Yeah. They got the handsets in their hand. That are Nokia, that are that have Nokia on them, and and uh, to take small transactions from all those handsets around uh, the unbanked is uh, it seems to me like it's a no-brainer. Everybody's trying to get in that business, and Nokia said, no, 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 we want to go back to manufacturing handsets. <sighs> I, yeah, I don't know what happened. I, but. I don't, I don't get it. But you know, I think the good news is is for for the Indian market itself is, is the company that picked this up, yeah, Fino. these Fino guys. Yeah. They get it. This is not a small. This is not a small company, and it's not a new player. I mean, they're they're a known entity in the Indian market. Fifty million customers, fifty thousand villages that they operate in. Apparently, you know, Intel and and Blackstone Capital behind them. You know, I mean, so this this is a well funded, well organized group that's picked this up and said, you know, you know, we uh, you know we're a good player in this space. We want to be a better player in this space. So let's grab let's grab Nokia's share and. You know, if they want to divest and move out and focus on their core business of uh, making phones, okay. Yes. I, well, I'd love to see the the uh, the numbers on that deal, but um, good. Good. I mean, great for Fino. Um, but Nokia, like, oh my God. Yeah. And I don't even really care. I mean, I'm not a hardware guy. I don't care one iota about Nokia. Maybe about the employees and nobody losing their jobs. I don't really care, but I look at this as an opportunity wasted on those guys. Um, you know, in the, the ground level, they started this uh, this organization in 2010. Not Nokia, but their banking uh, their banking division yeah. in, in India. And maybe there's something that we don't see. And if anybody has any insight, tell me if you're listening. Let us know um, what you think about this. I tried to find out if there was an opinion from Tommy, but Tommy just shakes his head now at anything that Stevie Lop does, and he, he's a Canadian. Um, and uh, give him the benefit of the doubt. He ran Macromedia for a little while. So Nokia sells their mobile payment unit in India to a company called Fino. And then on the exact opposite flip side of this, we got this this uh, this other company, which is, I think it's called Quaypay, raises a small round in order to be able to, uh, what? What are they going to do? Get into this space? Or enhance, the, you know, like another mobile <laughs> wallet company. Yeah. 
Yeah, so this is a California company out of Santa Monica. Um, so they raised four million bucks uh, from a private investor. Um, yeah, uh, they're they're expanding into New York, Europe, and Asia is what the press release says. Um, and uh, this is about you know opening new offices, expanding globally. I mean, there's a lot of players in this space. There's a lot of guys getting into this space, as I just said. Obviously, Nokia is not. They're getting out. Um, but yeah, so this this is it's sort of like a uh, uh, from what I understand, it's sort of like a um, what, what's the company I'm trying to think of now? Um, not Scavenger, but the other the other part of that company. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> name escapes me now. The sister company, Rob, help me out here. Yes, you've got um, me stumped too. It's a um, level up, level up, level up. Yeah, I think it's sort of like a level up. Um, so, you know, a QR code or, uh, you know, code-based payment system. Here, I've got a video. Let me run this video. It'll it'll kind of put it in perspective here. It's just the uh, the QuayPay mobile payments video. I'll just give it a run, and we'll see how this comes out. Yeah, I think it. I mean, this is just a a, a payment enabling company uh, ultimately, and uh, you know, I I always wonder about these guys because I, I think the, the the founder of this is a company is a guy by the name of here. This is my turn to blow it. Um, this was a founded by a guy who actually had a one hundred million dollar exit. Yeah, uh, Joaquin Aiso de Paul. Yes, of course, it wasn't on the tip of my tongue, but uh, he, yeah. he 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 did. He had a hundred million dollar exit, and and uh, I don't know. Like I, I want to have these guys on because I love these upstarts that are that are uh, yeah. kind of getting into the space. But but they've raised I think a total of six and a half million dollars, uh, including this four four million dollar round, and uh, they are going up against some of the biggest companies with the biggest install base. Like uh, like the rumor. Uh, I mean, certainly not even the rumor, but what Apple's doing with their Apple wallets. Um, mm -hmm. Google Wallet. This is this is a this is a hard battle, and um, I, I don't know what they expect to do with just six and a half million dollars in funding. I, I think to be able to reach this, they're they're, they're now in in forty uh, retail outlets, and they're, they're they're being tested across the nation. A couple of more, and I think they're going to get a KFC chain, or uh, you know, but like the world is big, and six and a half million dollars doesn't doesn't cut it. Like they need hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars. It's one of those things, though. You know, I, I tried to make that comparison to level up. It's one of those things where, you know, if you go and you take that approach, like a lot of the daily deal guys did, of owning a owning a local market, yeah. you know, and uh, you know owning a region, and then sort of buying up other regions, you know, with, with some of that capital, like you know some of the you know the, the struggling guys. Yeah. You can make a play to be acquired, like you can build a company to a certain point where you get taken out by one of the bigger guys right. just right. because you own geography. But that's not—you're right? not building a business at this point, right? No, but but I mean these guys—I mean they got an office in Santiago, Chile. Yeah. So you know, go and own the Chilean payments market, lock that thing up, 
you know, move into uh, Argentina, you know, move into some of these other markets, own South America, and then, you know, have Google come knock on the door and say, okay, we need that. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good business. And But why KFC? It just seems like all these fast food chains are, are desperate. Well, KFC is huge in, in Latin America, I so I don't know. Yeah, well, well, Quaype, go to uh, KUAPAY.com if you're interested. They raised $4 million. Uh, you know, worthwhile? Who knows? But I'm going to do my best, even if I maybe insulted them. I'm going to see if they want to come on and, and scream at me and call me names make sure, and show how much of an idiot I am around what they're doing. That's a challenge. There you go. Gauntlet is dropped. All right, those are, those are the, the three three stories. Amazon uh, supposedly up, uh, you know, acquiring up next, which great, great, great for Danny Moon. Love that company. Love those guys. Love Amazon. Uh, Nokia sells their their mobile payment um, play in India, and uh, Quaypay raises four million dollars to uh, take on the world in mobile wallets. Good on them. If we missed anything, it's your fault. Okay. If we missed anything in there, it's your fault because you didn't reach out and tell us. If your company's out there, if you raise money, if you've been bought, if you bought a company and you didn't reach out and tell us and we it isn't in that story, in those top three stories, it is 100% your fault. Reach out on tethergmail.com or cfitthelbma.com and we will put it in there. Come on. Let's hear from you. Last piece between uh, you know you guys and the end of this podcast, if you are still there is our resource of the week. And I this is so great. Talk about a self-fulfilling prophecy with retailers and discounts. Right? Yeah, no, I found this thing and I, I'm like I got I got to share this with everybody because I talk all the time about you know why you shouldn't you know we have a lot of retail members at the LBMA and you know and I talk to them about why you shouldn't be discounting all the time. You know, and this whole Groupon phenomenon in the mind of the consumer where I never will pay full price for anything ever again, it, it's not sustainable. You know, and this is why we've seen a lot of the tr trouble with this. And so this article agrees with that and comes back and says, well, wait a second. You know, we we got to stop this deep discounting. we got to stop all this couponing. And we got to get back to, you know, just reality and make money again. And so a lot of the big retailers, and so they got Guess highlighted in here. They got JCPenney in here. They got, you know, Macy's, uh, you know, and Kohl's and all these guys in here and talking about how, you know, they, they, they've basically dumped all that stuff and gone back to retail 101 selling stuff, you know, at, at full price. Just like, you know, like, I'm going to read here. It, it it literally this is a paragraph from the article it says it's a very real concept one that J.C. Penney um, had hoped to capitalize on. The department store used a cold turkey approach in February in an effort to turn its business around. J.C. Penney abruptly stopped its frequent sales and coupons in favor of an everyday low pricing option. So they've gone back to you know sensible discounting, you know proper <laughs> discounting, and forgetting about all this you know like crazy sales and coupons all over the place. Um, you know, that kind of, you know, Groupon put out there. Uh, you, you know, um, we've been talking about this, I think, for the whole time we've been doing this podcast, is that, you know, you don't discount for people who are standing in line with a product in their hand, uh, ready to buy that product. You don't give them a 25% discount just for showing up. There's a perimeter that they did this huge study around how far people would go for discounts, and uh, and it ranged from 5% all the way up to 40%. They said that they would, they would drive 90 minutes for a 40% discount. From one yeah. spot, they would drive 90 minutes to your store yeah. to get a 40% discount, and here you are giving it to them for what? 
walking past your yeah, store. And, and Jiwire's got some great data on that too, like in proximity to store and distance. Yeah. You know, you travel around discounting and stuff like that. So, so anyways, you know, I'm all I just for thought this. It was a great article to kind of bring some reality to uh, you know to this whole discounting thing that we talk about all but the time. Let me ask you, Asif. Um, it's too late. Like, that's that's the problem right now. Is that is that they they used they used discounts as crack, right? Basically, it was the way that they can do it. If if you look at at big retail chains yeah. like the Gap, uh, Banana Republic, and Old Navy, you know they're one and the same. But um, they are now a, uh, a discount driven store. That's 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 how they do their business. You know that on Tuesdays you're going to get an email from those guys saying it's going to be forty percent off of this, and that's when you should do all of your shopping. They have done this to themselves. They've screwed themselves, and now that they want to yep. pull out, why? Because they are killing themselves. The MSRP doesn't mean anything anymore, and these guys, the retail is dying. And who did it? The retailers. They're a bunch of they morons. Did, yeah, they did. They did. Um, however, the other thing that this article talks about, which I'm a huge fan of, is you know creating actual experiences for people, yeah. reasons for them to come to your store. Um, you know, and actually experience Beyond the, the product, experience the you know the the store, and you know, like the Apple model, right? Like the Apple store, you walk in there, they don't discount anything. You know, they'll charge you ten times more, in fact, right? But it's 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 about experience. And the another interesting article I read this week, you know, while we're on this t- topic, is we've heard all about the problems of Best Buy, you know, and the showrooming and this that, and they're struggling and they're closing stores and whatever. I read another article this week about they're opening up some new stores, a, a new concept store, um, small, slightly smaller scale Best Buy. But what they've done is, is in the middle of the store, they've got you know, we can help you, you know, set up your product, um, you know, customer service oriented, the Apple model. You know, you bought the thing, okay, we'll configure it for you, we'll get it all set up, you know. And the nice thing is, is it's Best Buy doing it, not like Best Buy outsourcing it to Geek Squad, uh, and just handing that revenue, out, you know, out the door. We're doing it for you now. The copying the Apple model, they should have been doing it ten years ago. Yep. I don't know, you know, why they outsourced it, but anyhow. Uh, so, so it's possible uh, to actually do this stuff and do it well and and, uh, and actually make money without anyway, without giving without giving the product away without giving your profit away, which is the big key. When you discount something, you know it doesn't just disappear. Uh, like that 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 discount doesn't just appear; it takes it away. Out of, somebody's got to pay for that, right? And it's usually it's usually yeah. you, the retailer. Man. Yeah, well, I'm glad that there's a little bit of sense being uh, talked about this. And, uh, you know, go-forward strategy for retailers whose stocks are all in decline simply says that you cannot give away so much product and still sustain a manageable business, a profitable business. And retail is very profitable, don't get me wrong. However, this is not something that is going to change my buying habits. I'm not, uh, I am now, uh, you know, a uh, brand agnostic a uh, guy who will go out and find the best price for the value that I'm that I'm willing to spend and and uh, the product that I want, uh, and that has been done by the retailers. It is their fault for abusing this for two years. I mean, sorry, sorry, retailers, you're putting yourself out of business. There you go. Mm. All right. Well, if you like this show, don't put it out of business. Go and go and support our sponsor, AdCentricity. Please go to their website, AdCentricity.com. These guys uh, need your support. We need your support. Support us by supporting them. Please go to their site. The other thing you can do is that if you love the show and you want it in 
and you know on on your handset on your smartphone on your mp3 player whatever it is that you're doing go and subscribe to it by through itunes if you will love it please rate it give us a five star leave a comment about the podcast just just search for location-based marketing we are there we're the only podcast covering this industry in this in itunes go to itunes subscribe to it give us a five star rating leave a comment it would mean the world to us it's even better than a sponsorship although we'll take the money as well um but really 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 appreciate it if you could do that for us we'd love to get a little bit of buoyancy for that podcast this podcast through itunes and create a little bit more awareness for this let people know about what we're doing so if you could do that do those two things support ad centricity and support us in itunes we would love you forever right asif you got it absolutely yes all right that's it that's all our begging that we can do this has been in episode number 85 um we will from somewhere in north carolina see if we'll be here for episode number 86 south carolina south carolina, south carolina. oh yeah. south carolina yeah episode number 86 which we will bring to you sometime next week if you have a story a lead an interest a comment reach out on tether at gmail.com or see at the lbma don't be shy and if uh, you agree or disagree vehemently with something that we've said, again, don't be shy. I've been called out many times, and it is the best conversation that you could possibly have. So bring it. Right? I see. Absolutely. All right. I'm right with you. All right. This has been it. Episode number 85 in the books. We'll see you next week for episode number 86. Asif, enjoy the beginning of your vacation. We'll catch you in a week. Thank you, sir. All right. See you, everybody. All right.